Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is episode 23 of The Sane Show, the show about nothing and everything. I got a special guest on here, music legend. You all have heard his music. My generation knows him. Our parents know him. Our grandparents know who he is. And even if you don't know who he is, you've heard his song before, so you're familiar uh, with all of his music. We got DJ Cool with us today on The Sane Show. How you doing, DJ Cool? Yes, sir. I'm good. As a matter of fact, <clears throat> let me clear my throat real quick before I get started. <laughs> Make this official, you know what I mean? <laughs> yes, yes, <What's> yes. <laughs> Let me clear my throat, the, the, the all-time classic. And, you know, I was actually, uh, before um, uh, the recording, I was actually listening to, you know, some of your some of your singles. And, um, you know, I got to say, like, not just let me clear my throat, which, you know, uh, the one that at least everybody in my generation is, uh, you know, widely familiar with. But, you know, some of those other songs, like, you know, I Can Make You Dance, uh, I Got That Feeling, still are you know great party songs and whatnot so yeah legend is definitely a a, a great a, a, a great title for you uh when we talk to when we talk about you know the music that you've made and and how it still uh has made an impact today so we're going to go ahead and hop right into it uh, we're going to be talking about djs becoming producers and rappers old school versus new school far as music and then of course we're always going to have our trending topic and then we're going to ask some questions to get to know a little bit more about dj cool and you know some of the things that he's done in the industry and a little bit about what he's got going on today so let's go ahead and jump into it you know something we you know we touched on when we first spoke last night you know it's about djs becoming uh, producers and you know one of the things you know I, I mentioned to you and i you know i'm thinking and i'm pretty sure i'm not the only one but you know, maybe other people in my generation that may be thinking the same thing that, you know, DJs becoming producers and rappers seems like, you know, it, uh, you know, it is a trend really, but it, I, I was under the impression that this was something that had just started and, you know, you had, you, you definitely, you know, took me to school last night and, <laughs> and um, you know, showed me that this is, this is not anything new and that pioneering DJs like yourself and some of those that came before you have been doing this and have paid, you know, helped pave the way for the DJs of today who are able to, you know, do that and, you know, really taking and, you know, running with uh, that that strategy of being a DJ and then going into rapping, producing. Uh, so, I mean, I, I definitely wanted you to give the, the listeners some insight into, you know, that whole thing about DJs becoming uh, rappers and producers. Well, this thing has been going on, honestly, since... I don't know, maybe mid to late seventies, you know. Wow. Uh, since 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 the latter part of the disco era with mm -hmm. DJs like DJ Hollywood, mm -hmm. uh, and then you can move on up to people like DJ Lovebug Starsky, may he rest in peace. Mm -hmm. uh, Grandmaster Kaz, who uh, started out as a DJ but later became but later came from behind the turntables and uh became one of the uh, members of a group called Cold Crush Brothers. All of these people that I'm talking to you about right now from the late 70s to early 80s. Mm -hmm. So this has been going on for quite some time. I was the first of my kind to do it on record coming out of this area and to be successful with it coming out of the DMV area, DC to be more exact. Um, right. But the first person that I that I actually heard do something like this was uh, a guy who later became my mentor. 
goes by the name of Arthur Maniac McLeod. And uh, okay. he used to work at a club called The Room, which I later uh, became a part of in the, in the last four years of that particular club's existence. And he was your DJ slash MC. He made a couple of records, but they, they, they were local. They, they got a little, a little action locally. You know what I mean? I just don't think mm -hmm. that back then they had the promotion and distribution situation set up to where they could really get it to jump off out of the area. But so, so, so all in all, this has definitely been going on since the latter part of the disco era coming out of New York. Mm -hmm. So would you say, cause it's funny you bring that up as far as the, the, we talk, you talk about the, the distribution of music as far as the labels are concerned, which, so would you say that there are, there are more opportunities now with uh, oh. DJs being able to go, you know, come start out of their, their, their home market and be able to take it nationally, even internationally. Well, because of the internet nowadays, you know, mm -hmm. I mean? you know, you could, you could, you could do, or you could use what I like to call the soldier boy method. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, some time ago, uh, Soldier Boy was on social media just going off, talking about he was the one that pioneered, you know, what's going on nowadays with, with a lot of these artists, you know, popping off on, you know, using SoundCloud and stuff like that. Yeah, well, yeah. He's right. He's right. He's absolutely right. Back back in my era, there was no such thing. So mm -hmm. it was all about signing with a little independent label and, you know, and then popping off from there, you know, and if and if your record really jumped off, then... You know, you got the attention of the major labels and, and you got picked up that way. Mm -hmm. Once again, nowadays, it's all about just, you know, getting in, getting in your home studio and yeah, putting, putting, your, <laughs> putting your song together and uploading it and pressing a button. And, you know, now right. it's worldwide. Right. Whole different you know, it, game nowadays. Right, right, right. You, you know, it's two different generations. And, you know, you, you got me really thinking about a lot right here because. You know, I'm just thinking about how, I guess, how fortunate we are now. You know, my generation, you know, the, uh, us that are, you know, like people like myself who have podcasts, who are in music and the convenience of being able to put something on the inter on the internet and, you know, it's a, it's a widely available to the world. Anybody, anywhere can, you know, go look for it, click on a button, listen to it. I'll, but I'll say this though, you know, one of, one of the things I admire about, you know, the generations that came before is like how hard you guys worked to really push the, your, your content, you know, your music and anything else you had going on. Cause I mean, you don't see street teams out here like that anymore. You know, like people I passing out CDs. Era. Yeah. <laughs> I really missed that era. I really, now mm -hmm. that was a lot of fun to me. Like seeing somebody out there, like in particular, uh, seeing somebody out there like Luke, for example, mm -hmm. back in the day, man, this dude, I remember, going to music conferences like Jack the Rapper and How Can I Be Down and all this stuff mm -hmm. that was going on. And, uh, you know, somebody like Luke, man, he would be out there with this big rap van or something like that, music playing real loud. He got all the little girls dancing and they mm -hmm. all over the place, you know, damn near <laughs> butt naked and whatnot. And yeah. uh, <laughs> dancing to his music and he's passing out CDs and passing out flyers and they putting stickers up all over the place and everything. Uh -huh. It was crazy, but I really, really missed that era. That that, that was mm -hmm. a lot of fun. And people, but you know and people something? liked that Go because ahead. it was real hands-on. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
You're you're right. And you know, one of the things I noticed because I I I study a lot of marketing, you know, especially content marketing. And you know, one of the things I I see is that even today, the most successful marketing campaigns are the are those ones that are like you said, hands on. They're interactive. They're engaging. And I mean, at the end of the day, there's no better way to engage with people like going out and talking to somebody and telling them about what you got going on. And honestly, I'll tell you, that's one of the things I've learned with this podcast is that that word of mouth at the end of the day, that word of mouth going up and telling somebody about what you got going on and then asking them to, you know, go tell somody else. That's what does it, you know, like being able, you know, it's like it's one thing for somebody to see it a flyer on the computer. It's another thing for you to go up and hand somebody or tell them to take their phone out, look for this, give them a little, mm-hmm. you know, give them your little elevator pitch about what you got going on. And then, yeah. you know, they go listen. They be like, oh, this is dope. And then they, they be like, oh, that guy, you know what I mean? So, well, it's yeah. Like that, you could never miss using that personal touch. You know right. What I mean, because at the end of the day, we all still humans. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? No matter right. how much technology that we have going on out here just like for an example i met a woman years ago she was a younger woman and we exchanged numbers and whatnot she told me that she'd rather text me to talk to me on the phone Mm. and uh, i never spoke to her again because Mm -hmm. i'm like i'm not gonna be setting up here i mean how can i put if if i want to put a particular type of emotion or something into something I'm saying. I mean, there's only so many emojis and exclamation points and all caps and so on and so forth that I can actually use or or, or feel like using. I mean, what the hell? Right. You know, what I'm, saying? I'm not a stenographer <laughs> or nothing like right. that. You know, what I'm saying I'm right, right. I'm talking to you know another human and whatnot. And so, um, mm-hmm. now I so you know. So um, I want to I want to go ahead and get into our trending topic. Uh, this is. Uh, brought to you by the Source Magazine. You know where to find the Source. They're all over the internet. And this one, uh, I know uh, DJ Cool brought this one to my attention. Kodak Black. Da, 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 da. Compared, <laughs> <laughs> compared compared himself to Biggie, Tupac, and Nas. The ultimate disrespect in my eyes. I honestly, I at this at this point, I don't. You know, some days I don't, I don't understand a lot of some of these, you know, these new generation, just new generation of rappers, some some of whom are part of my generation going out here and trying to compare themselves to the GOATs. We, I like to refer to as the GOATs, you know, greatest of all time, the legends, you know, the the, the people who who are on your level when we talk about you know, the, the, the legacy that they left in music. I know you got how you feel. I'm going to go ahead and let you. <laughs> you know, it's just like I said before. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, I think mm-hmm. he's in the wrong business. I think he yeah. needs to go into comedy because yeah. once again, that was that was absolutely the most hilarious thing I ever heard anybody say in my life. And I've heard a lot of comedians, a lot of good ones. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm like, come on, son. <laughs> like, really? What, what, you know, what place did you have to go in your mind yeah. to even fathom that thought? <laughs> I mean, we're talking about expert lyricist, somebody right. that can really sit down and put pen to paper, right. you know what I mean, and paint mm-hmm. a picture of, a lot of people say Biggie, that, that was one of his strengths. He was mm-hmm. very good at being able 
tell a story on such a level to where as he's you would close your eyes you could see everything you know like every part of the movie that he was putting together an right. amazing lyricist and yeah. you know uh, once again just like i said before let's take let's take kodak black and let's take nas and let's put them on the stage together and let's make and let's and let's have both of them let's give both of them a mic let's give both of them a mic and say, all right, Nas, you go first. When Nas is done, Kodak, we want you to we want you to come right after Nas. No, he ain't gonna make it. And he know he knows yeah. he's not gonna make it. He would probably mm -hmm. politely put the mic down, probably maybe halfway through Nas's verse, and just mm -hmm. quietly leave the stage mm -hmm. because he know he ain't got no business up there with that guy. Or anybody, right. mm -hmm. I would okay. Let's not say Nas. Let's let's talk about some casters. Let's talk about a J Cole, or let's talk about a Kendrick Lamar. Let's talk about Rhapsody. Let's talk about mm -hmm. her. <laughs> I don't know if you're familiar you with her. <laughs> she's amazing. She's out of that oh, ninth yeah. one of the camp. Mm -hmm. She was the one that should have won the Grammy, in my yep. opinion. And I, I love Cardi agree. B. I love Cardi B, but she's not an artist. Mm -hmm. She has a lot of personality. She's that round away girl that we love. Mm -hmm. Right? You right. know the little ratchet girl that all of us know <laughs> in the hood. That's real loud. And don't, you know, don't care nothing about nothing. And it's whatever. You know, and yeah. we have fun with her and whatnot. But she ain't gonna sit down and put no like prolific thoughts or what have right. you down on paper mm -hmm. and then go in the booth and spit. She's not an artist. Mm -hmm. She has a lot of personality. You know, a good ghostwriter, which is what they're doing a whole lot nowadays, which was something yeah. that really did not exist in my era. It started, it started mm -hmm. to exist later on in the early days. Just like mm -hmm. I said, like in the late 70s and the 80s and early to like mid 90s, you didn't hear nothing about no ghostwriters. It was a scent. You better not let somebody find out that somebody wrote something for you. Right, because <laughs> I mean, or, or or that you was using somebody else's rhymes. You know, we would call you a biter. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh yeah. Biting somebody's rhyme. Oh yeah, I agree. I agree. Listen, and, listen to listen to MC Light. She got a song called Ten Percent Diss. Beat fighter, dope rhyme taker. Some some write that one down. But a faker. Yeah, that's her first single. And that's what she was right. talking about. That was the early '90s, biting rhymes and stuff. She has a lot of personality. I'd love to see her in movies, like in comedies and stuff. I think that she could, I think she'll be able to pull stuff like that off. But mm -hmm. we're not going to get her in no cipher, nowhere. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and tell her to get, give me a hot 16. That ain't happening. Right. So, same thing with Kodak Black. Come on, son. And you, so he needs to you know, shut up, you know what I mean? Go ahead. For the hip hop police come and lock him up again. <laughs> like get locked up. And I hope you hear me, son. You know what I mean? <laughs> Maybe somebody could talk some sense into him. And he probably True. he probably will agree. No, man, mm -hmm. I ain't gonna get no ring with none. I ain't gonna get on no stage with none of them cats, man. I know right. you ain't. You ain't got no business up there. And I would be having a big love for, you know, concert touring and promotion. I would be mad at any promoter that would put him on a stage with any kind of artist of that stature. You know what I mean? Like that that would that would be outright disrespect in the a terrible bill even put together to begin with. So I I'm totally on the same page with you. 
Um, <laughs> um, this is, you know, this is actually the perfect. See, Go ahead. it's like, okay, if you want to bring attention to yourself, why don't you just say, man, well, the reason why I said that is because, you know, I just want to make people pay attention to me. That's what you right. say. Right. You know, there's other ways to make people pay attention to you instead of setting up, setting up here saying something as ridiculous. Right. Make, make, making a statement as ridiculous as the one that mm -hmm. you made. I, I can't, I don't know. Anyway. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, that that was that was our uh, trending topic. Again, everybody go check it out on the source and read it for yourself. I'm, I'm I know I got a lot of hip hop heads that <laughs> that be listening to this, so I know they're gonna they're gonna hear this and they gonna go and see that for themselves. And I'm pretty sure they all a lot of them gonna come to me sharing the same sentiments that <laughs> you just expressed. So <laughs> looking crazy, like what is in the world that we who, live who says in that? Right. Uh, <laughs> they were like, who says that? <laughs> right. Who says that? Um, who does that? What the hell was wrong with him? Um, but it's, 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 it's funny. We're having this conversation because uh, that, that goes perfectly into our, uh, a, a perfect segue into our next topic, you know, old school versus new school. You know, again, old school having paved the way for the new school, and a lot of here's a conversation. I, I I'm really interested to get your take on it too. The a lot of conversation I have with a lot of people, um, I, that I know, artists, and you know, even um, you know, people on the business side of the music business, you know, talking about uh, I, I like to call it the overconsumption of music. Like we have, you know, it's so easy for everybody to get into the game now. It's so easy for people to, um, you know, record at home, do what a little, you know, do whatever little editing that they uh, can do on their on their uh, MacBook or whatever. And it's easy to put the music out there, whether it be on SoundCloud, Reverb Nation, YouTube. And it's like even for even for signed artists, you know, they, they just drop sing, you know, dropping singles left and right. And to me, you know, because I was just talking to someone yesterday and they were telling me. Well, you know, they don't keep up with all of the music now. You know, it's like, it's just yeah. so much coming out. And you it's can. like, it's too much to keep up with. And at the same time, it's like, it's not all that, all of it's not good. And people don't want to take time to be picking through every track, trying to figure out what's the good one. Just going, just piggyback off, off of what you just said. There's so mm -hmm. much music out there. I mean, there was a lot of music, you know, coming out back in the day. Mm -hmm. Not as much as it is now, because a right. lot of people didn't have home studios mm -hmm. and the internet didn't exist and stuff like that. And the people that did have setups at home, they were for pre-production at best. Oh, word. I mean? So, you know, you put you put your idea together at home, uh -huh. take it to the big studio, you know, get it mixed and mastered. And now, you know, you, you either running your stuff through some through some indie label. Or, you know, or some situation that can get you out there. But it's just like you said a moment ago. Nowadays, man, all I need is a mic. I don't even need a, a, a home computer. I just need a MacBook, put Pro Tools yeah. on it or whatever, whatever DAW, you know, DAW mm -hmm. that I want to use. Stick a mic in there and record. Mm -hmm. you know, it ain't got to be the best mix. <laughs> For, for real, mm -hmm. because a lot of stuff that I hear sound horrible mm -hmm. and whatnot, and uh, and it's out there. I don't know, man. Once again, I guess that's just the world that we live in. 
a lot of the music that a lot of these kids are putting out now, corporate America is putting under the umbrella of hip hop because that's all they know. First mm-hmm. and foremost, it's not hip hop. If it does mm-hmm. not have anything to do with the basic principles of hip hop, peace, love, unity, having fun. I also like to put mm-hmm. education under, you know, as far as those, uh, uh, I like to make education one of those principles as well. If it doesn't have anything to do with that, then it ain't hip hop. Okay. okay. As far as the actual definition, or, or as far as this actually being defined by forefathers who created the culture, let's put it that way. Yeah. Now, everything, you know, eventually it evolves. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, when it first started off, it was hip hop, hip it, hip it to the hip, hip hop, you don't stop. Oh, man. <laughs> you know, yes, yes, oh, well, you took it back. <laughs> wave your hands in the air, wave like it's just okay. Yeah. Party <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. hip-hop started at the party. And uh-huh. then slow, slowly but surely, it just, as time went on, we just evolved into other subjects. You got people talking about political issues. You got people talking about sex. You got people talking about the streets. You got you know, all types of stuff that's coming out the woodwork. Nowadays, all these youngers, all they talk about is drugs and pussy mm-hmm. and money. And I'm like, damn, I done seen that movie a million times, man. Like, what the right. hell? But you know, to Go me, ahead. I guess. I, well, I'm 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 more prone to the boom bap sound. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Uh, anything coming out of the south, I like stuff from. Oh, I don't know, from Luke on up to let's say the Crunk era, which would okay. be Lil John and Young Bloods yep. and Lil Scrappy. You know, all of them. Mm-hmm. All of okay. about that era. But then I like other artists. I like Ti. I'm a big T.I. fan. I'm a big Young Jeezy fan. I like, I love Jeezy's first project, Snowman. That was classic. Okay. Production okay. was dope. Production mm-hmm. was dope on that. You know what I mean? Uh, mm-hmm. I'm a very big fan of a lot of cats coming out of Texas. I'm a huge Scarface fan. Matter of fact, that's one of my nephews right there. Face. Okay. Face Mob, if you're listening. Me and him just got inducted to the Hip Hop Hall of Fame, too, uh, 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 last month. Oh, man. Congratulations. Yeah, we went in. We went in together. Man. I don't know how I missed that. All together, but me and me and Scarface went in on the same day. And okay. uh, that that that's another story. I like Eight Ball, MJG. I like K. A lot of different pockets, you know, as far as people coming out mm-hmm. of the South is concerned. I like mm-hmm. a lot of cats coming out of New Orleans. I'm a very big Lil Wayne fan. I think Wayne hey. is a master. <laughs> A master with metaphors. Wayne is crazy. I've even heard the thing about Lil Wayne is he can pretty much rhyme on anything. I've heard him mm-hmm. rhyme over boom bap tracks. Okay. If you listen to the track that he did with Swiss yeah. Beast, the uproar joint. Okay. Hey, I got Swiss a question Beast. for you. Go ahead. Because a lot of <laughs> I'm pretty sure some of the people list that are going to be listening to this are going to want to know, coming from someone like yourself, uh, what do you think about the Carter Five? Who? For, I, I haven't heard the whole project. Some of okay. the songs are now heard. I mean, just like I said, I'm a Wheezy fan. Uh-huh. I love what he does. I, I I I like I like what he's into lyrically. I mean, he's mm-hmm. his his ability to put together metaphors is way mm-hmm. up there. This dude got <laughs> crazy imagination. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Once again, I haven't heard the whole project, but most of the songs that I heard, I appreciated. Fair, fair game, Going fair back, game. Like when I heard when I heard the uproar record, I'm like. God damn it, that joke will beat me to the punch. When Swizz is <laughs> done, and this ain't to take none away from Swizz because he's one of my favorite hip-hop producers and 
Swizz mm-hmm. uh, also started out as a DJ as well. Going back to what right. we talked about earlier, he took he took the beat from G Dep, you know what I mean, and just put he sampled it mm-hmm. and just put different drums up under it. Okay, and just let Weezy go off on it, and I'm like, wow, that record is me and me and Just Blaze were talking about that the other day. Amazing record. So. Uh, I like a lot of cats coming out <laughs> of the South. Now, these these ones that's coming out now, these little, what they call emo rappers. Yeah. I can't I can't get with none of them. I can't get with Lil Yachty. I can't get with 21 mm-hmm. Savage. I can't get mm-hmm. with none of these. I can't get with Lil Pump. I, I, well, you already know how I feel about Kodak Black. I can't get yeah. with none of them. <laughs> none of them. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Y'all need to find some. Just go over there with that. I hear you, man. I hear you. So, um, take dance to is it's probably good music to take drugs off of because a lot right. of them be so daggone zooted. They be in some other world. That's another story. Yeah. <laughs> you ain't lied about that one, man. You you ain't lied about that one. I know it was it was. I I really um, also would like for you to share your thoughts as far as DJ Khaled. Yeah, and I know you you were you Amazing. were telling me some things uh, that that the Amazing. story about um, him having met you or actually having uh, you know chauffeured you around <laughs> when he yeah, and after time, you have introduced yourself. Tell please, yeah. Well, I think it was one time I was doing something for Luke down there, and mm-hmm. uh, I think he was working with Luke in some capacity because you know DJ Khaled used to work in pirate. He was a DJ for a pirate radio station. Mm-hmm. Uh, they used to set up these pirate radio stations probably mid to late 90s probably might have been even earlier than that but uh, mm-hmm. in Miami and Khaled was one of those cats and uh, to make a long story short he was telling me about uh, he said cool man I drove you around one time when you came when you came to Miami for Luke and you came to the radio station with me I interviewed you this and that and he told me that this happened over 20 years ago and I know he wasn't lying because that was probably one of the last times that I had been to Miami for that for that particular okay. reason. Anyway, messing okay. with Luke. Luke. Luke was a very good friend, and uh, I'm like, wow. But I think I think DJ Khaled is an amazing artist. I think he's an amazing producer. He's an amazing person. A lot of people think, you know, they get all up into, like, you know, the way that he comes off and whatnot thinking that mm-hmm. he's cocky and all that, but if they knew yeah. where that cat, if they knew his beginnings, if they knew where he right. came from, then they would understand. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Totally get it. Khaled is definitely on point for sure. And you you know something? I is it's funny you say I'm 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 not gonna sit here and play like I'm the biggest fan of his music. I, I, I like I appreciate his work. I think he puts out he, he puts out good work, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um and I always tell this to people I was just telling this to another uh, artist I interviewed. You know, I'm I'm a big fan of. It's good when I can be a fan of somebody as a you know as an artist, but it makes me more happy when I can be a fan of the person. So that being said, even though I, I you know I don't consider myself to be the biggest DJ Khaled fan as far as him being a musician, him as a person, I got to give him his credit. Like he, you know especially these recent years, all the things he's been doing and, you know, just, especially, you know, giving off that positive energy and, you know, really just trying to in- encourage and motivate pe- those around him. DJ Khaled is a dope dude. <laughs> yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. And he's an actual DJ. I mean, you know, just like I was yeah. saying before, 
reality is that dude, to this day, you could put a set of 1200s, a set of Technique 1200s in front of him and a mixer, mm-hmm. and he'll go. He can do it. I'm talking about mm-hmm. tricks and everything. You know what I mean? He'll let you have it. You be sitting up there like, wow, I just thought this dude had a big mouth. No, he's a <laughs> He can put it right. together. And see, that's 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 one of the reasons though why a lot of his songs are so successful. He's thinking yeah. like a DJ. He don't know no other way to think. You know something though? I think he that's the what unique to thing to get that dance floor cracking. You know what I mean? Right, right. And you know, I think that's a unique thing about DJs, as far as that I get, that I believe gives them that edge when they become music producers. Especially, well, rappers and producers, but more so a producer, you know, actually put together the, the the instrumentals because they they know they know exactly what people are looking for. They they've been in the spot. They've done all of that stuff. Because really, I mean, heck, you just really record in the mix <laughs> instead well, of. For and, the most part, and, like for an yeah. example, from all of yeah. my songs, let's say mm-hmm. from music ain't loud enough, which was nineteen eighty six. Every mm-hmm. song from 86, 87, 88, 89, all mm-hmm. the way up to 1996, I was still playing in the clubs here in D.C. when I put all those songs together. All of those songs. Mm-hmm. Every last one of them. If you research all of my records and whatnot, you, know, you called out a few of them, but there were earlier records. You got Music Ain't Loud Enough. You got What the Hell You Come In Here For. Uh, mm-hmm. You mentioned I Can Make You Dance. You got Reggae Dance. You got... Yep. Bunch of other records, man. Uh, twenty minute workout. Uh, yep. All of these records, all the way up to clear my throat, and then you know a few songs after that. Uh, mm-hmm. But um, all of these records, at least the ones from '86 all the way up to '96, I was mm-hmm. currently playing in the clubs in DC at that time. So, and for the most part, I was working anywhere from I don't know, sometimes six to seven nights a week. You know, between Maryland. Between D.C. and Maryland, or later between D.C., Maryland, and Virginia, but primarily mm-hmm. here in D.C. It was once upon a time, probably from, I would say, late 80s to probably mid to almost late 90s, you could see me just about every night of the week. I was at some club every night of the week. Monday, oh, you was popping. Wednesday. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> I had this joint covered. Yeah. Covered. That's what's up. And it was a line going down the block every club because not only was I DJ Coolest, you know, it's hot DJ running around here, I was the artist and I was the one that was making all the records that all the other DJs was playing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and didn't right. have to ask him to play my records. Man, when you coming oh. out with something new, oh, don't worry about it. It'll be out <laughs> in about another week. Bam, as soon as it's yeah. coming out, all the DJs is on it. And so I've always had the, the support of all the DJs all of these years. So now for for the exciting part, I want to you know definitely you know go into the interview portion, ask you some some questions, and definitely got my brain going. So I want to start here. Let me clear my throat. <laughs> <laughs> like how did I mean? For one, earlier today I was listening. I I, I watched the music video actually for uh, Let Me Clear My Throat. And when I tell you nostalgic, and I was getting all the vibes, like I'm thinking about parties I've been at where I've heard this from the club to the block, to a house party, to all the movies I done seen with the song 
uh, being played during a party scene or whatever, any, almost any kind of scene, really, uh, in movies and TV shows. And then, of course, on the radio. And Not to cut you so off, I just, did you see Office Christmas ahead. Party? No. I haven't Office seen Christmas that party? one yet. Oh, my God. That's, <laughs> you, need to, you need to see that tonight. Okay. It's called Office Christmas Party. <laughs> And let that's me the that's the really go ahead. it came out about a year ago, right? Year or two, two year, years year. ago. Okay, oh, years I, ago I gotta now. see Sorry, that. It came yeah. out twenty sixteen. Okay, yeah. It was it was number three at the box office that year. Mm-hmm. And let me clear my throat was featured. Uh, it, it it was it was it was used for the main party scene in that movie. Yeah. It was featured in that movie. So when you see it tonight, you'd be like, wow. So right. <laughs> office. Christmas parties. Uh, yeah. I think the people that wrote that, if I'm not mistaken, the people that 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 wrote and produced that movie were probably the same people that did movies like Hangover, because it had yeah. that kind of that type of comedy, that type of vibe. Okay. But anyway, I'm sorry. Word. Go ahead. No, no, no. You you got it. You got it. So I just wanted to ask you, like, I, I mean, I'm really interested to know, like, the where did the idea did come, come from? Up? With that song. Yeah, like, <laughs> and, I mean, did you? Do you know? I mean, listen, I, I guess, like, how did you? How did? How? I mean, when you? I, I guess had, to see. I, I'm, I'm gonna put it to you like ahead. this. I, I'm, I'm gonna tell yeah. you, but I, I'm gonna say this. If I had a penny for every time somebody asked me that question, I would have more <laughs> money than Bill Gates. Ha 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 ha! I bet, and man. I just had a penny. So let yeah. me tell you what happened. I was working at a club in Richmond, Virginia, at the time. Called yeah. I, mm-hmm. I had a very successful Tuesday night there, and it was a big college that I had. And I started at this club in 1990, thrown in, recorded the song 20 Minute Workout around 1994. Mm-hmm. I used uh, Clear My Throat as a snippet at the end of the 20 Minute Workout recording. But let's rewind the tape so we can get to how I even started recording 20 Minute Workout and record the Clear My Throat snippet. Mm-hmm. One night I was in a club. This 20-minute workout record is just a routine that I've been doing for some years in the club, which is basically like a call and response routine that I do over the track by Dougie Fresh called I'm Getting Ready. Okay. Which was recorded by Rare Essence, this very like iconic, legendary go-go group that are from here in D.C., who I happen to be a part of. So it was a routine that I would do every week, and I've been doing it for a couple of years. So I said, look here, y'all. We're going to record a 20-minute workout. And people was like, all right, all right, what are we going to do? And I'm going to do it in probably about a week. So everybody was getting hyped up for that. So that particular time, what I would normally do is to come out of my go-go set when I'm coming out of this 20-minute workout routine, I will drop the 900 number, which is the track produced by Mark 45 King that I will use I would use it as like a segue to go into a hip-hop set. So I dropped 900 number, and I was getting ready to say something to the crowd. I have no idea what I was about to say. I was just, you know, just vibing with the crowd. I coughed. Someone's caught in my throat. I coughed. And the only thing... It was a I real cough? It was a real cough. I don't <laughs> oh, know. Shit. I don't know, you know, what it was all about. But anyway, I coughed. And the only thing that I could think of to kind of off what happened was I said let me clear my throat very spontaneously let me clear my throat is a line from a Beastie Boys song called Paul Revere yeah like yeah the yeah intro. the intro to Paul Revere let me clear my throat it's the new style then they go on to you know the track 
And then uh, I coughed, and uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Then I said, God damn. Right? <laughs> so then I just kept playing around with that. And then the crowd yeah. starts saying, God damn, just like you hear in the original recording. Yeah. Right? Not the video recording. The video recording is a little bit different. We're going to get to why that's different in a minute. But I think the very next week, people come to the club. I was working at this club every week. Who's going to clear your throat tonight? You're going to clear your throat? I'm like, what the hell are they talking about? Oh, mm-hmm. that, that mess I did last week. Yeah, 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 I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Did I do that? No. But what I did do, I told them, I said, look, we're getting ready to record a 20-minute workout, and we're going to record that. I'm going to bring my folks down here. We're going to record it live next week. 20-minute workout was the first of my live recording. Everything okay. before 20-minute workout was studio recording. Music ain't loud enough. What the hell you come in here for? Reggae dance. I can make you dance. All those records from the mid 80s up to like 90, 92. Mm -hmm. All studio recording. So we recorded 20 minute workout, which was crazy. That was, oh my God, that was an incredible night. So I said, let me do that same thing that I normally do in the clubs when I come out of 20 minute workout and drop 900 number. And I'm going to do that little clear my throat. So let me just try that. So we recorded all of that. Now, mind you, at the time, Clear My Throat wasn't a record. It was just a snippet of a concept. So the mm-hmm. record comes out. I get a call from a guy named DJ Don Mystic Mac. He was a mm-hmm. DJ at Power 99 up in Philadelphia at the time. And he said, okay. Ooh, he said, man, you need to come to Philly. He said, you got everybody going crazy over this go-go joint that you got called 20-Minute Workout. He said, but what you really need to see is the way that they react to whatever you're doing over the 900 number, when you be talking about, let me clear my throat, you coughing and stuff. He said, you need to come up here and check this out. I, he said, we got a big radio show. They had a thing called Powerhouse that they used to do. I think they still do it, the Power 99. And it's one of those big radio shows to whereas, you know, who's ever hot at the time they have on the show. Mm-hmm. And so, so we, we come, me and my DJ, uh, DJ 20, was the one that I actually shout out in the record. When I say hit me with the horns, 20. Me and him were together. Mm-hmm. So we said, there's 16,000 people in the four states. Got named DJ Rand up there DJing for the intermission. So he playing. Next thing you know, he drops this clip my throat snippet. Everybody up going nuts. I'm looking at <laughs> what in the hell? So you know how the little light bulb comes on up over top of your head? Right. The light bulb came on. I say, all right, 20, let me go home. I say, as soon as I get home, it's going to be a record. He say, that's what's up. So I say, but what we're going to do, we're going to record it live in Philly since they the ones that's hot on this right now. Mm-hmm. So I came home and I made it a song. I didn't even have to write a 16-bar verse now that I think about it in hindsight. But to, my, to, to, to the way that I think about song arrangement and whatnot, at least for mm-hmm. that particular type of song, I said, I need at least one verse in here. I said, yeah. I got the track, I got the hook, I need at least one verse, and then whatever happens after that verse is, you know, whatever. We booked this, we had a show booked in Philadelphia at a club called Bahama Bay. And you hear me shout out Bahama Bay in the original recording. We came okay. to Bahama Bay with 5,000 people. It was an out, they, they had it, it was a they had it set up on the parking lot outside. They had this beach kind of theme going on. They brought all this sand in. The 
support on all these volleyball nets and all kind of crazy stuff. So it looked like we was on the beach. Mm-hmm. 5,000 people at that show. And I said, all right, y'all, I'm going to count to three and we're going to record this record. I had my mobile recording unit set up in the back. They could hear my cues and everything. We had the mic set up for the crowd. I had my mic. My DJ had his mic. And we just counted down. Oh boy, press record. And we recorded that record straight through. It was live. Wow. Didn't stop. I mean, you know, for the most part, when when you're when you're recording in the studio, you know, you can stop and start and record a little right, bit. Right, right. We didn't know. We don't do the live records like that. And that record was really the first of its kind as far as using the element of call and response. Right. I'm not the first person that made a live recording as far as a hip-hop record is concerned. The mm-hmm. first one that I know of, or at least that I can think of, right off the top of my head was Run DMC, Here We Go, mm-hmm. live at the Fun House. Mm-hmm. But nobody did it the way I did it because mine was very live. It was all about call and response and everything. And if you listen to the original version, the version that was done at Bahama Bay, you hear me say something like, I need more music in the monitors. The reason why I said that was because I was talking to my monitor man at the time. Remember, this is we we recording the live performance. That's all we was doing is just recording the live performance. Yeah. Basically. Now, I'm going to tell you how live this was. When you hear me say, freeze, there's a pause before I start talking to the women in the audience. Mm-hmm. And what happens during that pause, this lady says, eat my pee. <laughs> right. Somebody way out in the crowd, I don't know who said this, but I'm going to tell you, and when we were doing the record, I didn't hear it because everybody was screaming and whatnot. But yeah, I was some years later after the record had been out, it might have been out 10 years at this time, I'm flipping through uh, YouTube mm-hmm. and uh, looking at comments on YouTube about clearing my throat. Somebody <laughs> said, eat my pee at three minutes and something. I'm like, what? So I'm going down and I'm listening and I hear this when I say, when I say freeze, you just freeze one time, freeze. Mm-hmm. And before I can say, now all the ladies in the place, before I go into that little you know, routine or what have you, somebody, some woman way out there in the crowd, it my such and such. I'm like, what? And so <laughs> I'm saying all that to say, that's, that's to let you know that it was actually live, first right. and foremost. And yeah. for a lot of years, this was going on over the air. Right. Because you really had to listen to be able to hear that. So that's to let you know that that was live. And we recorded it from start to finish, all the way through. And whoever we caught that probably... made a workout. I'm sorry? Yeah. No, I say whoever caught that probably, um, they heard it and they said, hold on, wait a minute. Did I... And played it back a bunch of times to make sure they right. heard what they heard. Wow. <laughs> And I'm like, to this day, I don't know who that woman was. I'm kind of mm-hmm. glad that I didn't hear that that night because I would have reacted to it, and it would probably been a hell of a funny moment, on you know, as far as the recording is concerned. Yeah. Because I would have played off of that. I would have said something crazy, and then just kept on rolling. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because the tape was rolling. Right. You know what I mean? So, knowing me, yeah. I would have said something real crazy. That would have probably <laughs> been something classic, more something even more classic about that record. So, um. So yeah, that's to let you know that that was an actual live recording. 20 wow. minute workout was done live at Ivory's in Richmond, Virginia mm-hmm. in 94. Clear My Throat mm-hmm. was done live at Bahama Bay 
in Philadelphia in 96. Mm -hmm. I Got That Feeling was recorded live at Hammerjacks in Baltimore, Maryland in 97. Word. So 10 years later, right, after, you know, Let Me Clear My Throat was released, you know, it's popping. I guess, what, what were your thoughts? Because, you, know, you know, somebody, if I were, you know, if I were an, a, an artist and I made it, I dropped the track and it's still hot 10 years later, I'm like, wow, <laughs> they're not letting this go. <laughs> like, like what, 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 were, what was going through your mind to still see that it was having that kind of success? Well, if you think about it, well, not think about it, but for me to be real, real honest about it, or really mm -hmm. honest about it, I didn't even think about it. 10 years later, but I did think about it, or I do think about it now. It's been mm -hmm. over 20 years. That record yeah. came out in 1996. You, you, you just jumped right into my next years. question. <laughs> Go ahead, though. We're talking 23 years ago. Yeah. And I'm like, Jesus, and now we could go on, well, we can't, but I'm just saying, we could go on Instagram right now, and somebody is posting or hashtagging, let me clear my throat. I bet you anything you want to put up. Yeah. I see this every day, multiple times a day. People are using it as a hashtag for some personal reason or hashtagging it because they're putting up some post about the song, you know, them dancing to it or, 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 or doing a karaoke routine or making their baby or, sing it or something crazy. Or even I'm just like, like that being just a catchy phrase in itself now. Yeah, that's Let what I'm saying. Let me clear my throat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, yeah. For whatever. I'm like, man. Right. So it's um, it's amazing to me. I definitely see it as a blessing first and foremost. And just the fact that that particular song, that was something, that, that wasn't nothing that I sat down and thought up. Right, right, yeah. That just happened as spontaneous as, mm -hmm. as, as spontaneous can be. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I, I I really just say that right there with just God blessings raining down on me. Mm -hmm. And uh and I appreciate it. I really, really do. You know, everything yeah, yeah. before that and everything after that, yeah, those songs I sat down and I thought up and I wrote those songs and so on and so forth. But Clear My Throat was just something that was an act of God. Mm -hmm. In my opinion. I definitely agree on, with you on that one. So not <laughs> I'm sure you probably saw that one coming. <laughs> it's it's probably the number like you said, people people ask you that a lot. Um I do I guess I am curious to know because I was I was talking to an, an artist one time and they were you know, they had this song that's popping and everybody likes it and they said they just had a sometimes they're just like, Dang, y'all will ever let this thing <laughs> y'all ever let it go? Know. Like I guess do you ever Ride think that, that like hey. the wheels fall off so <laughs> you know what I mean? As a matter of fact, I need to I need to tell yeah. a story about how the video concept and everything came together for Clear My Throat. Dougie, yeah, 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 please. I, I've been knowing Dougie, Dougie Fresh and Bismarck since about 1987, 86, okay. They're very, very good friends of mine. They're more like family to me. When I thought about it, I said, okay, we need to do a remix. I said, I don't want to do the video to the actual the actual version because if that's the Well, honestly, if had I been thinking at the time, I would have told somebody to catch video footage of the show, and we could have chopped that up and made that the video. Mm -hmm. The crowd and everything out there, but I just had a different thought. I said, I want to do a remix. 
I want to base it off the track, but I don't want to flip the track just a little bit. And I said, I want to add some other elements to it. So I probably could have got just about anybody I wanted at that time. You know what I'm saying? I had mm-hmm. like the hottest record out or what have you at that time. But I said, mm-hmm. no, I want to stick to the theme of this song. Let Me Clear My Throat is all about where hip-hop started. Hip-hop started at the party. Two turntables and a microphone, as they used to say. So I said, let me get somebody from my era that would know exactly what to do. When I, when, I, when I point them in a direction, they know exactly what to do. Let me get Dougie, who is the greatest entertainer, somebody from my era, and who is my brother. And let me get Biz, same thing. Okay. Let me get Word. them on here. They already mm-hmm. know the track. They already know it. So I say, look, all I want you to do, uh, Biz, I need eight bars right here. I'm going to lead you in, and I'm going to lead you out. And all the way live from New York City, this is Bismarck. Grab my get Biz. Can I kick it? Yes, you can. That's just some old school stuff. You know what I'm saying? But I led him in, and he started. And for real, his verse was a freestyle. Oh. <laughs> it was a freestyle. He got this Word. one part where he ain't even saying nothing. He says, zigzag, 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 zigzag. No matter what I say, it always comes out fly. You know what I'm saying? The ladies in here Word. like fruit in the cup. I'm in love. I'm all shook up. That's Elvis Presley. I'm in love. <laughs> I'm all shook up. Uh-huh. That's Elvis. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Dougie. Dougie Fresh, my mellow, my man. So I let him do his eight, then I I jump right back in with the hook. So check the flavor of the rhythm I wrote. While I got that chance there, all of them jump in. Let me clear my throat, right? And we go. And the next thing you know, Ooh. right? So we into the hook now. Bars. Rocking the hook. Yeah. So then I'm bringing Dougie in. This is how I bring Dougie yeah. in. Mm-hmm. I break the song down now all the way live from New York. No, I say, um, no, I say uh, Dougie Fresh, my mellow, my man. Get on the mic and do the best you can. Once again, little old school rhymes. The way that right. Grandmaster Kaz and Kumo D and Melly Mel and all of them, that's the way they used to work with one another with the groups. With right. Flash and the Furious Five, with the Treacherous Three, with Cold Crush Brothers. That's the way they used to lead, you know, get mm. each other in and out of their rhymes and whatnot. Here come Dougie. Oh, wheel. Oh, wheel. Dougie's verse <laughs> was a freestyle also. I remember that part, yeah. Now, let me ask you something. Do you know where that comes from? The you, Wizard you of Oz. <laughs> <laughs> when, them, when the guards is marching to the witch's castle. And he talking yeah. about the Get Fresh crew and all of that. And then at the end, mm-hmm. when, we, when we go back into the hook, and we come out of the hook, he say, now when I say two, you say pop, two, pop. Tupac. Yep. You know why he did that? Once again, another freestyle. Pop had not too long ago passed away. Remember, this was 96. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're right. So we were still, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that was, that was, that was, and all I did, I just followed his lead. Like we, we worked, now, now we bouncing off of one another. Yeah. I didn't know he was going to say nothing about Pop, but it was perfect. Right. And you and know, I, I think the cool like thing about it. That was Sorry. that was our tribute to pop, you know what I'm saying? Right, right. Yeah, I think the cool thing about it, you know, definitely the the chemistry, you know, between you guys. I mean, I mean, it definitely showed for it to, you know, for for them to be freestyling and you know, for you to just say, hey, look, I'm gonna lead you in, lead you out, and boom, 
and it it, it works out just like that. I, yeah, it's like I just look. We gonna press. I'm gonna press record, and we are gonna roll with it. Right. <laughs> and that's all we did. Now, 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 now let me let me let, let me put you up on this. The people yeah. that filmed that video, NFL Films filmed that video. What? Yes, which was another live recording that was done in 2003 in uh, in Orlando at Walt Disney World on the uh, the BET soundstage that they had set up. I'm telling these people, I say, look, I want this video shot live. They're like, what the hell are you talking about? I say, just think of it as you shooting a football game. <laughs> And I had my people there that were recording the track. Yeah. The same people that recorded, you know, when we did the Bahama Bay, uh, 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 when we did the original recording. So I'm mm -hmm. like, look, y'all, we're going to count to three, and I want everybody to start. Let's go. My DJ starts, and we and we had a few wow. other little cameos in there. You had yeah. um, Kwame had a cameo in there. Charlie Mack. Kwame Brown? No, 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 no. Kwame, the rapper Kwame. So... <laughs> So I, I got a question for you. What I guess, you know, you've done all of this stuff in your career. I guess, what are you up to these days? Still being DJ Cool Man, still touring. I know next Sunday, speaking mm -hmm. of touring, uh, next Sunday we leave for the Tom Joyner Cruise, and that's going to be an amazing event. I've done seven yeah. Tom Joyner Cruises now. This is the 25-year anniversary of the Tom Joyner Cruise, and this is going to okay. be real crazy. Like Janet Jackson is coming on, a whole bunch of other. It's this is gonna be nuts. The boat. Yeah, it's gonna be exciting. I hope it doesn't, but it probably. <laughs> um, so we leave. We leave next Sunday, and um, so we'll be gone on that for a week. Uh, mm -hmm. Now I got a bunch of stuff after that, and uh, we I go on a on a Hammer tour. I'm going on tour with MC Hammer this summer. It's called oh. Hammer's House Party. MC Hammer's House oh. Party, and it's solid. Sexy. Okay. Starts in June, and it's going to feature a lot of people from uh, the brand that I'm a part of, which is called I Love the Nineties. Okay. Shout out to Universal up there in New York. It features people like myself, Salt and Pepper, Vanilla Ice, Kid Play, Bismarck, Rob Bass. Uh, they even bring some '80s people in because for real, for MC Hammer started late '80s. Okay. And me and him were actually we weren't signed to the same label around that time, mm -hmm. but the person who I was signed to was doing distribution for, uh, not distribution, but he was promoting MC Hammer's records back in the late 80s. So uh, Dougie Fresh is going to be a part of this. Big Daddy Kane is going to be a part of this. And they're going to rotate us. Keeping my fingers crossed, I'm hoping that I get the majority of the dates. <laughs> on the yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope, I hope you get them too. I, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm glad to hear, you know, you still got stuff going on and you know, you're still active with it, guy. I mean, I mean, it sounds like you you stay you stay pretty busy still. So, <laughs> going just by every week, either I'm DJing somewhere or either I'm walking mm -hmm. across the stage, back and forth across the stage, performing. You know, as as mm -hmm. artists or what have you. So one way or another, okay, I'm out there. My last question for you, I guess, are do you work with artists or any producers now, as far as maybe? Not, not, not just make uh, you know, like you know, helping produce music or anything like that, but like mentoring or you know anybody that like comes to you for advice, things like that. All the time, people just kind of run up on me. I try to make sure that I give them 
this advice. I say, first and foremost, man, you got to make sure that you got yourself covered, spirit. This is a this is a hell of a business, and the reason why is because it's all about the fact that you can make so much money off off of an individual. They're not looking at you as a person anymore. They're looking at you as some sort of money making object. Right. When you get in a situation when you got a situation like that going on, the only people that you're going to be looking at for the most part. I would say 99% of the people that you're going to be looking at for the most part ain't nothing but devils, snakes, dogs, leeches, lowlifes. That's what they are. And they love you as long as you're hot. As soon as you mm-hmm. fall off, they're out of here. So first and foremost, make sure that you that you have a firm spiritual base. As That's real. Purchase. As far as the business side of things are concerned, I tell people all the time, you make sure you get yourself a good business manager and a good entertainment lawyer. I have an ironclad manager and I have an ironclad lawyer, my man Bernie, out of LA. Bernie represents Jay-Z and Beyonce and a few other high profile artists. Cool. Oh yeah. yeah. You good. He's not playing. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Not playing. <laughs> nah. Yeah. Not playing at all. Either. Yeah, you, 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 without question, you're in good hands. You're in, you're in great hands. <laughs> Trust me when I tell you that. I sleep mm-hmm. very well at night. We've had. Oh, that's a good we've feeling. Been up, we've been down, but we've had. I sleep very well at night knowing that my business is being taken care of. We've had way more wins than losses. We have way more ups and downs. I think I'm supposed to be getting ready to do good more in America pretty soon. You're looking at me making an appearance on Drink Champs. Shout out to my man, Lori. That's my guy. Uh, me and Snoop have a record. Snoop seems to love go-go music, and I really appreciate him for that. I presented the record to him because he said that he wanted to do some music with me. I'm like, all right, bet. We'll see. So I got the tracks together. I had some stuff that I'd already done. That was just Good, 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 good. I let him hear it. He went nuts. So we're supposed to record this record. I had this one particular one called uh, I Go Hard. We're looking to do that, so I'm just waiting for us to Get a chance to link back up. So shout out, shout out to my nephew Snoop. I mean, I also have a song that I want to do with Vanilla Ice called um, "If You Feeling This." I'm quite sure I can get Vanilla Ice on this record, but I really want Vanilla Ice and Kid Rock. You got some serious irons <laughs> in the fire. I, I, that's 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 super. That's super dope, man. That's that's real cool. I'm I'm glad I'm glad I got a hold of you before uh, GMA. <laughs> Good morning, America. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also working on another record called Somebody Done Spiked My Drink. <laughs> right? Right. This is Somebody Spiked My Drink record. Well, at least the, the, the hook came to me because mm-hmm. of something that actually happened. And this is not too long ago. I was doing a club in Asheville, North Carolina. This guy came up to me and he said, cool, I know you like to drink cranberry juice. I said, yeah, man. He said, well, I bought you one. I said, all right, thanks. So I'm drinking the damn thing. I said, wait a minute. This don't taste like just so damn on cranberry juice. I don't drink. I don't drink at all. I don't smoke nothing. I don't, you know, mm-hmm. none of that. I mean, when I got to the bottom of the little cup, I'm tasting vodka. So I talked to my cup. I'm on the mic, right? I said, cuz. I said, cuz. I said, man, somebody done spiked my drink. <laughs> he looked at me and started laughing. I said, yeah, somebody done spiked my drinks. Somebody does spike my drink. I just kept on saying it over and over, right? So I'm looking at the crowd <laughs> reacting to what I was saying over. I forget yeah. what song I was playing. 
But I'm looking at the crowd and everybody putting drinks up and all that all kind of stuff, throwing their hands up and this and that. I'm like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I said, that's, that's a thought right there. It so, is. Once again, I had a, a track that I worked on that I didn't have a hook for. Mm-hmm. And I said, let me, okay, somebody done spiked my drink. Somebody that got me. The, act, the the real hook goes, somebody done spiked my drink. Somebody done got me fucked up. Somebody done spiked my drink. Say what? Somebody done spiked my drink. That's the crowd, right? Yeah. But instead, I'm going I'm to do it just so I can go all the way across the board with this. Mm-hmm. Somebody done spiked my drink. Somebody done got me turned up. Somebody done yeah. spiked my drink. Say what? Somebody done. Oh. Like that. That's dope. I figure somebody that got me turned up and get me a little bit further than somebody that got me fucked up. But, <laughs> but yeah. Or as we yeah. say, turnt up. Right. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm saying. You already know I'm going to put yeah. salt pep on it. Yes, indeed. Right. So those right. are some projects that uh, I like to get done. Man, man. Yeah, I, man. I'm excited for you. <laughs> I'm excited for you, especially, you know, Snoop Dogg and everyone else yeah that's that's gonna be if super dope catch, if he could just slow down just for a second and i know this dude is large i mean you know what i'm saying i mean god yeah. bless him he's got a star in the hollywood walk of fame i was so proud when he yeah. got that you know yeah what I'm i was super duper proud we sat down and we talked about that and uh, mm-hmm. it was amazing because when i met him this year i'd never ever met snoop i never seen him in my life never mm-hmm. met him none of that he told me he said man because he came to dc while he was here, because he had a play going on, I had a play calls. Okay. He had three showings here. And uh only thing I know is I got a call late Saturday night, that Saturday night. And I think somebody playing on the phone said, uh, my man Charlie Mack, who runs with Will Smith. So he called me, he said, Cool. He said, Man, Snoop wanna talk to Snoop. I said, get out of here, man. He said, I'm gonna put Snoop on the phone, he wanna holler. Snoop gets on the phone. What's up, nephew? Blah, 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 this and that. Oh <laughs> shit. Snoop, what's good? So we talking, he said, man, I want to see you. He said, man, why don't you come out? I want to do these records with you. I said, well, I said, man, you should have called, he said, you should have called Unc earlier, boy. I'm about, I'm about to turn these lights out and whatnot. So he <laughs> says, uh, <laughs> he said, that's all right. He said, we got one more. He said, we got one more show tomorrow. He said, uh, I said, well, I'll tell you what, I'll be down there and check y'all three o'clock um, showing out. They had a one at three and one at seven. So mm-hmm. I got down there and uh, we got in and sat there and watched the play. In between performances, say, all right, man, Snoop want to holler at you. So I goes back there, and hey, he's standing there big as day. And he treated me like he'd been knowing me 30 years. He said, cool, man. He said, it's about time you got here. He said, I done made a record with Rasmus while I was here. I made a record with uh, with Backyard Band while I was here. He said, but I've been wanting to make records with you. He said, I've been wanting to make records with you for years. But he said, man, I've been wanting to do records with you for years. He said, I've been trying to find some kind of way to get in contact with you. Nobody would, you know, give me a way to get in contact with you. So I said, well, don't worry about it. I'm sitting right here in front of your face right now. We got to talk. And I said, well, man, I already got tracks done that you might be interested in. He said, well, I want to hear him. I said, well, I'm trying to tell you. I got some fire ready for you. So to make a long <laughs> story short, he went to Richmond, Virginia that Thursday. And, uh, well, he came, he, he left and then he came back and he, he did a show in Richmond and he called me Friday morning and he said, man, what's up with them tracks? I said, well, 
if you find us a place to meet, you'll see what's up with them tracks. Because I told you I was ready. So we got together that Friday evening. We sat down and we listened to him. And he was like, oh, man, I like that one. I like that one. I like that one. I'm like, all right, well, this the one I want to see if I can get you on. The one called uh, I Go Hard. He told me that whenever he get a chance, he want to bring me to L.A. And we could sit down. He said, I can stay out there as long as I want to. And we can record. And so I'm just kind of waiting for him to, to get off the road a little bit. And, you know, we'll put it together, though. I'm quite sure we'll cross paths before before the summer's out. That's 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 dope. I'm I'm definitely going to be on the lookout for that. Well, not only that, mm-hmm. but everything that you got coming out. Glad to, you know, see that you're still making music as well. And, you know, you got all these collaborations. Um, in mind is too so and also diversifying you know what you're doing because i think it's always good to step outside the box every now and then try something new and you know do some collaborations with you know different artists and whatnot i think and you know especially with snoop dog i think that would be a really dope collab as well especially knowing how snoop's been uh i guess you can say really expanding his horizon and you know oh uh, yeah trying different things with his music as well haven't done the gospel. I mean, he had a reggae, reggae project. He got a gospel right. project. He's, right. you know what I mean? And see, the yeah. thing is, it's like he's not reaching. Like, he genuinely likes the music. You know what I mean? Right. When he said that he was a go-go music lover, I already mm-hmm. knew that because I seen some posts. And that's what prompted everything, you know, with mm-hmm. him getting with Rassus and getting with Backyard. And, you know, and, and, and now wanted to do records with me because of some posts that he put up on Instagram, riding around, listening to a you know, Arasa's record, and then I seen while we were talking, he was saying, man, you know what I really like? I like that record that you did with Chuck. I like that record you did with Chuck Brown. I say, yeah, I seen that post that you put up when you yeah. and, uh, oh. and Lil Duval was in the studio, yeah, and they was rocking the, uh, the Block Party, this record that me and Chuck did called yeah. Block Party. I was watching that video earlier. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, he yeah. genuinely he genuinely has a love for the music and whatnot, and uh, I also like what he told me uh, during our conversation, he was like, man, for real, he said, I've been listening to Gogo music for years. I've been a fan for years. He said, I don't think that Gogo has got the just do that, that, that it deserves. He said, but I'm going to do something about that. I said, well, you know, I appreciate you saying that because I've been trying to do something about that since 1986. <laughs> he started laughing and whatnot, <laughs> you know. So he was like, yeah, man. So that's, that's, that's going to be a real good meet, man. I mean, you know, we really got a chance to, to sit down and uh and bond, you know what I mean? Because we we got out of a conversation about music and we just start talking about personal stuff between me and him and whatnot, you know. And it was it, it, he kind of made me feel like like we was just catching back up with one another because he just gave me that feeling like I've been knowing him thirty years, and in right. a particular kind of way I have been knowing him at least that long. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> Damn near, yeah, we yeah, just yeah. never met. You know what I mean? Right, so. right, right. It's it's cool when you yeah. meet somebody like that too. That you feel like you've known them forever, and it's you know y'all mm-hmm. sit down. It's like y'all catching up with one another. So that's that's got to be a great feeling. It, it makes me feel good to know that because you know I hear I hear from people all the time as well, and I you know I see it in the you know, you know when when uh, people talk about Snoop. So it, it it it's cool to actually talk to somebody that's that knows Snoop and like. Can again say that you know yeah Snoop is a really great down to earth person and mm-hmm. a really you know, mm-hmm. fun guy to kick it. With. You know he, he's actually somebody I would <laughs> I would like to meet at some point. Yeah as well, he's so. he's he. I mean well you know Snoop Snoop is a weed smoker and most right. of your weed smokers <laughs> is cool. 
I mean, let's just face it. You know what I'm saying? If you used to meet, if you used to meet Red Man and Method Man, yeah, and th- those those are my family members as well. You know what I'm saying? That's what I call them, mm-hmm. my family members. Those are my nephews. Ooh. They are some of the coolest people that you ever want to meet. Mm-hmm. Period. You know, it's it, it, yeah, for sure. That's you can dope, run up man. on Red and Meth anywhere, and they'll show you so much love you wouldn't even believe it. Dope. Wouldn't even believe That's it. Dope. <laughs> and if if you can well, if you can stand I, being around the weed smoke, you know what I'm saying you'd be all right. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that yeah. Hey, that's 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 definitely that's definitely the truth. That's definitely the truth. Mm-hmm. They some good Man, people. I mean, you you good people too. I really enjoy not only interviewing you but having a conversation with you. Get a piece of your knowledge, your wisdom, especially you know that advice you were sharing about you know that that's applicable to people not in ju- not just music but in entertainment in general um you know especially with me having this podcast wanting to take it to that to to the the highest of levels you know that that stuff that definitely resonates with me um you know stuff i'm definitely you know working to try to apply myself and you know something i share with everybody else well so to hear from somebody like yourself a legend who's been through it who's still going through it and who's seen it all, done it all. I'm just sitting here, just taking, just soaking it all in. Get around those you know, people. Yeah. No, what I was about to say is a lot of people look at me and they be like, man, I ain't never seen you on the BET Awards. I never seen you on Soul mm-hmm. Train Awards, Grammy Awards, American Music Awards. He said, but everybody always playing your music on all of them joints. I said, well, I don't know, you know, what that's all about. Right. And I've never worried about it. I feel that if I haven't been there yet, then that means that, you know, that stuff is still to come. <laughs> you know, that's right. the way I look at right. it. It's still to come. I still, you know, I still feel good about doing what I'm doing. I realize that it is a blessing that I've been able to be in this business as long as I have and, and remain somewhat relevant. And so I feel all of that stuff is, is still coming. <laughs> For real. Oh, yeah, it is. You know, you don't know it what is. God it's- got planned. You know what right, I mean? Just, you really just don't. Based on what you told me, I mean, it's it's definitely you got a lot of stuff coming your way, so you ain't you ain't slowed down a bit from what I'm from what I've been told. <laughs> I I just don't have time. I mean, in my right. mind, I feel like I don't have time. Uh, mm-hmm. My whole thing nowadays is just taking care of my daughter. My daughter's 21 years old. This is her third year at VCU, and she's okay. studying to be a meteorologist. Word. And uh, yeah, she's 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 been very successful. She does these scholarship pageants, and she's been very successful at that. Uh, she's about to go for Miss Virginia this June, and so uh, I'm saying all that to say this: that she is my whole focus. Uh, I have some internship situations that I'm that I'm working on for her here in the D.C. area at Fox Five and at a uh, at ABC Channel Seven. Here in D.C., cool. you know, maybe, huh. well, not maybe, but one of these days you will see her on TV talking about the weather, being a meteorologist. And she's been talking to me about this since she was eight years old. So that's my whole focus. You know what I mean? I think if it wasn't for that and if it if it wasn't for music, I'd probably be somewhere coaching basketball. That's that's my other passion, sports. Yeah, I'm, I, 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 uh, I do shooting instruction and whatnot sometimes. It, in my spare time, okay, working working with cats and teaching them the proper way to shoot a basketball. A lot of them mm-hmm. don't know anything about proper form or what have you. Like you know, sure. they can they can pat the ball, oh, they man. can dribble the ball, but they don't understand <laughs> do the object whole, of the game is to put the ball through the hoop. 
<laughs> we could record a whole nother episode about basketball, I can tell you. <laughs> yeah. You see. Oh man. That's for sure. Yeah. So Yeah. So yep. Yeah. So that's that's pretty much me in a nutshell. Yeah. DJ Cool is a really cool guy, I'll say that much. So <laughs> Thank I'm, you, I appreciate I'm, that. I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. I I mean that too. And you know, I'm 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 blessed and fortunate and I'm honored to uh, have the privilege to you know, to have you on the same show, you know, show about nothing and everything. And, you know, I, I really appreciate you, you know, taking, come on and have a conversation and talk about a lot of the great things that you, you know, we discussed today. So really appreciate that. Um, it means a great. i tell you what you do uh, before we wrap this up and we probably need to wrap it up right about now. Cause I don't know why, but I feel like somebody else is going to call my daughter probably going to call in a few minutes. <laughs> I'm going to say, you make sure that you, you pull up on me for CI next year in Charlotte. I will. If you can, if you can remember my day party, I'm going to text you. I'm going to text you my day party information. Either one of those day parties, but especially Kyle DeJoe's. You know what I mean? That's my Friday day party. You mm-hmm. need to see that. Trust me. You need to I see will. that so you can say you was there. <laughs> I will. I will. I will. Yeah, I will. Definitely will do that. You Ain't no question about that. I'm, I already wrote it down and everything. Like, CIAA. DJ Cool, I'm a, I'm gonna be there. I'm gonna be there. I'm a, yes, indeed. I'm, I'm excited yes, for indeed. it. I'm, I'm really am. So I, I guess like you got any, you got any, um, any uh, social media you want to put out there for people to check you out or anything? Um, any. Um, any other I'm only content? on Instagram right now. Okay. I'm thinking about starting a, uh, a, fa- a Facebook fan page, but right now I'm currently on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I have ten point four thousand followers. Or ten thousand four hundred some followers. I guess that's the easiest way to say it right now. And I'm trying to get those numbers up. So I need mm-hmm. people to hit me at legendary underscore DJ underscore cool and spell cool with a K. So that's at legendary underscore DJ underscore cool spell with a K on Instagram or IG. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I got caught that one right there. IG. Yes. <laughs> well, <laughs> so I'm y'all heard him, report. right? Y'all heard him. Go follow him. And y'all already listening to his music. So continue to check it out. Continue to spin those records and definitely be out on, be on the lookout for those new records that he's got coming our way. I'll definitely be uh, helping push those when I, when I hear them and, you know, let everybody know, help spread the word. And for those for those of you that are listening and haven't followed yet, I don't know why. Go follow the same show on Instagram, same underscore show S A N E underscore show. Instagram, same underscore show. Same thing on Twitter, same underscore show. Facebook, the same show. Remember, we got our live recording coming up at Coco and, and the director in the heart of Uptown Charlotte, April twenty seventh. That's a Saturday. Tickets will be available soon. Actually, when this recording drops, tickets will be available. So go over to Eventbrite right now. Get your free ticket. Yes, I said free, F-R-E. Get your free ticket. And again, thanks. thank you, everybody, for listening from the U.S. to the U.K. to Germany, Panama, Belgium, Australia now. We got listeners in Australia. <laughs> appreciate, <laughs> yeah, appreciate you guys for listening. Uh, this is the same show, the show about nothing and everything, episode 23 with the legend himself, DJ Cool. <clears throat> Let me clear my throat. 
BJ. Yes, sir. Cool. At least once a day. <laughs> <laughs> so thank right. you again, DJ Cool. It was an honor and a pleasure. And that's the same show, episode 23. We're out. <laughs>